Hope that you are doing well today and just know that we are continuing to pray for you and your family and we hope that you are praying for us at this time. Uh, speaking of prayer, um, let us pray right now. Uh, like the word may flesh, allow the words of my mouth to be redeemed by you, God, so that they can be effective and accomplish your holy desires for your people today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Our scripture for today is found in Luke chapter 13. We're going to look at uh, verses 10 through 17. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, You hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. Thanks be to God for the word. Long before the mayor, the governor, or Dr. Fauci, my wife, Jennifer, the nurse, encouraged me to, to wear a mask when I would venture out uh, to the grocery stores. And when I would do this just a few short weeks ago, uh, I looked and I felt strange as I roamed the aisles of Kroger or Walmart to hunt for the items that we needed for that week or two. As a big black man in America, I could feel the eyes of the people glaring in my direction wondering what I was doing, why was I wearing that mask? Uh, now, fast forward, um, just to this past weekend, when I went out, only the people who were not wearing masks or gloves, uh, they received those same glares that I received a few weeks ago. Uh, and before this season of sheltering in place and social distancing, my neighbors and I would generally you know, stop and talk and wave to each other um, when we would see each other outside. That is virtually a thing of the past at this point. A few of us do still text and check on each other as we're going through this. Now, because of what's going on, we have been told to assume that everyone that we come in contact with, uh, we need to view them as a potential carrier of this virus. And I get it. It's a matter of safety. Uh, and trust me, I have been taking every precaution uh, to protect myself, my family, my fellow church members, and everybody else in the community. So I've been doing my part, um, and so has my family. But I worry that we are being trained to see each other as diseased and someone to be avoided. Um, and it has become quite a spectacle to see people dodging each other in the grocery store even more than usual. I know we've kind of always done that. Um, 
But witnessing this has caused me to do a lot of thinking about how we see each other. And as such, I want to speak from the topic, see me whole. And so first, let's walk through the text a little bit. Um, verses, let's look at verses 10 through 13. Um, there we are told right away that it is the Sabbath day. Um, and if you've been reading your word, you know that this is a day that Jesus was often criticized for operating in his mission to the world. And this particular Sabbath day will be no exception um, because Jesus is always ready to be about his father's business. In this text, we encounter a woman who has suffered from severe curvature of the spine for 18 years. Her deformity was so great that she could not straighten up at all. Without being asked or even summoned to intervene, the Lord of life, Jesus, sees her and calls her forward. If you remember, I told you a few weeks ago when we looked at Lazarus that Jesus always calls us forward. Um, and here is another example of that. He drives out the spirit that was afflicting her, but he calls her forward. He calls her closer to him. When he calls her forward, Jesus speaks this word of healing and, his, and he lays his hands on her and straightens her spine. Okay, amen. He, he, he provides the healing that she needed these past 18 years. Uh, verse 14, upon seeing this, not seeing the woman, uh, not seeing her condition and what she was suffering, the ruler of the synagogue becomes indignant and told the people that they should uh, come for healing on the first six days of the week, but not the seventh. He puts conditions on their health care even though he has no power to heal anyone. See, what you got to understand about him is he was a professional religious person with no deep concern for the problems of the people. And I surmise that even if these people would have come on the first six days, it is likely that he would have objected to the healing work of Jesus uh, going forward anyway. Because he was a stickler. While he was a stickler for the rules and the technical points of the law, he lacked the love and mercy that we're supposed to have in our hearts. Um, however, I would imagine if it had been his back, a man or, 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 or one of his family members back that was curved these past 18 years, it is doubtful that he would have cared what day of the week uh, the healing took place. Just please take care of this problem for us. Verses 15 and 16. Jesus pulls no punches in his response. He rebuked the leader and others like him for, for their hypocrisy. Um, he did this by pointing out the way that they cared for their animals, irrespective of the day of the week. Um, Sabbath or not, they were going to make sure that their oxen and donkeys uh, had what they needed because the wholeness and the utility of these animals were, were more valuable than the suffering, the healing, and the wholeness of this woman. And yes, we have people today who value their animals more than human life. Um, but I would say that the modern day equivalent would be someone waxing, washing and servicing their car on the Sabbath because they need it for their business during the work week. We see that today. Because Jesus sees this person as a whole person. He tells more of her story and points to her character. 
the place where her true identity resides. She's not just some sick person. He doesn't see her as just some sick person. Jesus calls her, uh, calls this woman a daughter of Abraham. And this expression indicates that not only was she a Jewish person, but she was a true believer. She was a woman of faith. The text tells us that the curvature of her spine was, was caused by Satan. We know that from other parts of the Bible that some sicknesses are the result of satanic activity. For example, Paul's thorn in his flesh was a messenger of Satan to disturb and, and pummel him. Um, Job's boils were afflicted, uh, inflicted by Satan. Um, the devil is not allowed to do this on a believer, however, without the permission of the Lord. And God does not need permission to overrule any such sickness or suffering for God's own glory. Okay, God can, you, we know, we, if you've experienced heal, heal, uh, healing or seen healing, um, you know that God, he can disrupt and, and disregard, you know, any of the rules of, uh, of medicine, what, what people said would uh, definitely take you out. You know, people are still walking the earth um, and recovered from it because God can do all things, right? He does things great. Let's look at verse 17. The woman in this passage who was seen and healed by Jesus never had to defend herself um, against his ruler. Um, she didn't have to do it. Uh, and yet Jesus humiliated her opposition uh, because her critics were also his critics in this in this story here. Um, OK, but by seeing her, Jesus entered into her suffering and spoke a word of life to re reimagine her reality. And the people rejoiced because of a glorious miracle had taken place and they knew it. Uh, their rejoicing is an act of participation in the celebration of God's work. And we should rush to celebrate and, and rejoice with others when God sets them free from whatever has held them bound. Okay. And this is the good news. And this is what I'm saying here is that, uh, it doesn't matter who opposes your healing, your set, your being set free, your breakthrough. Um, if Jesus wills it, it's going to happen. They can't stop it. Um, they can be um, enemies all they want to, but guess what? He's going to humiliate them for his glory and your benefit. Um, so just be encouraged by that. And I just have a few takeaways from the text. That was the text we just walked through. But now um, here are a few takeaways that God gave me. Friends, we have to be careful because in every generation, the temptation remains to prize tradition and agendas and programs over the needs of the people who are hurting. Okay, we got to be careful about that because one goal of Christians uh, should be to engage in moral and spiritual growth towards the mind of Christ. That's what that's what one of our goals should be as Christians is to to more and more live into and operate from the mind of Christ. Because the more our minds are renewed by the transforming power of God, the more clearly we can see what loving God and our neighbor really looks like. We can understand what that means. Because to be, to be transformed is to live with open eyes, to live and love with open eyes when we're transformed by God. Um, we do not divert our, our eyes away from people who are suffering especially when we can do something about their suffering and know this 
we can always do something. Okay, we can always do something when we encounter people who are suffering. And that's something that I want to focus on today is seeing. Okay, seeing, seeing the way we see people matters. Uh, the truth that we must bear as messengers and ministers of the gospel. And if you are a professing Christian, you, you fit into one of those categories. We are all supposed to be taking this gospel message forward. Um, and so the truth that we must bear is that we must first see the suffering if we are going to offer any type of relief from the suffering. Uh, no one wants a doctor or a nurse who refuses to see them, uh, right? When you are in pain, some of the best words that you can hear are the doctor will see you now, right? Because in that moment, the patient, the person who is suffering has the hope that this medically trained person is going to see them, take the time to see them and to experience the plight that they're experiencing and offer some remedy for it. Now, most of us do not prefer a doctor who just rushes in, uh, gives a diagnosis, prescribes some medicine or some type of treatment without taking the time to really see where it hurts. Um, and if you have experienced this, you know what I'm talking about, where the doctor comes in and looks at your chart or the computer more than they look at you. All right. And, and then you leave the office wondering if you have even been seen. So you, nobody likes that experience and, and no doctor should, stri should strive to have that kind of reputation. But neither should we as Christians. Right? We should strive to help people to feel seen when they when we encounter each other. Right. Don't don't just look past me. Don't look through me. Don't look over me. You know, really see me when we encounter each other. And, and, and here's a perfect opportunity for me uh, to shout out one of my uncles, uh, Dr. Charles Washington, on his retirement from the medical profession this year after 46 years of service. Um, and I've often heard his patients talk about how he could uh, he would take the time to really, truly see them. And I can echo their sentiments as a former patient myself uh, when you were when you were with him, whether in the doctor's office, um, if you were at if you encountered him at church or out in the community. He made you feel in that moment that you were the only person worth seeing or examining. Um, it was almost like he was listening with his eyes. Um, and Dr. Washington, I thank you for that. Thank you, Uncle Doc. Um, so I just wanted to take a moment to, to celebrate him. Um, but. Back to the message to acknowledge a sufferer in all of their anguish is to begin the process of restoring their full personhood. OK, people feel broken. Sometimes they, they, they feel less than. Uh, but when we can acknowledge what they're going through, see the whole person um, that helps them to, to, to recover some of that, uh, that personhood that they may have lost to be transformed. To love with our eyes open is to join in their suffering of those who need us, right? This is what Jesus did. And this is so far, this is so powerful, my friends, because suffering has a way of altering our identities. Okay, we can see that in our Bibles today. Many translations title this passage the healing of the bent over woman or the healing of the crippled woman. No personal name is given for her. She was known in her community as the bent over woman. But by choosing to see each other through the eyes of Christ, we have the opportunity and the power to restore wholeness. The person in front of us might be sick. 
They might be suffering. They might be bent over or they might be broken. But guess what? So are we. In some way, all of us are. Uh, a person's body might be well, but their motives sometimes are more curved than this woman's back was. Okay. This woman's back was, was, was bent physically. She was bent over physically, but in, in, in what ways was this ruler bent out, bent out of shape? This ruler that we encounter in the text, right? He was bent out of shape. He, he was curved in and that's why Jesus uh, um, attacked him and criticized him the way he did. And what about us? You know, if we be honest, all of us at some time or another, we were curved over. And we were in need of, of straightening out by Jesus the same way that this woman's back was straightened out. Um, and even if our condition has improved, if we're straight at this moment, we can never forget how God had to put his hands on us one day. Don't ever think that you're too straight, that life cannot curve you or that you cannot suffer again. Amen. Think about how the face of hunger has changed in this country in a short amount of time. When you look on the news at all of those long lines of cars waiting for food, some of those cars are nice cars. They're like luxury cars. I saw a Hummer truck in there and it's, it's not cheap to, to operate a Hummer. Um, and, and it's likely that some of these folks never expected to be, to be in this type of position where they would need to, to receive a food donation. Right. And, and some of them may have, unfortunately, previously looked down on other people uh, during their time of lack. And now they're right there where those other people, you know, once were. Um, and that's OK. It's no, no fault of their own. But it's just all I'm saying is be careful that we don't think that we're so, so far down the road, that we're so up there that we can never be brought down by life circumstances or even Satan himself. Right. Don't play with the devil. Don't think that you so in there with Jesus that, that the devil is not after you. In fact, he's after us even more. Um, and so just just stay alert. And friends, it's not only about the way that we see uh, the people that are outside of our homes or people who are outside of our church, the people that we encounter as we venture outside to get our, our groceries and whatnot. Um, but what about how we see the people that we attend church with? What, what about the people in our homes? What about our extended family members who we don't talk to that often? How, how we see them matters as well. Now, don't choose to focus on my holes. I know that we're all broken. I know that we're all incomplete. I know we're all a work in progress, uh, but don't choose to focus on and highlight the holes in me. All right. Choose to see me whole. Okay. It's because I know it is, it's not about disregarding the suffering. It's not about disregarding my brokenness um, because to do that would be disingenuous and unhelpful, uh, but it's about acknowledging it uh, by becoming acquainted with it. By, by seeing me beyond it, right? By hoping to, to reimagine my, my reality. That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did by coming to the earth and taking on human flesh. He became intimately acquainted with our suffering, okay? Um, and when you first encounter me, I might be sick, I might be suffering, I, I, I might be struggling, I might be strung out, I might be stinking, I might even be straying away from God. But you as a believer, you as a follower of Christ, you have the power to choose to reimagine me beyond where I currently am by seeing me as whole. 
That's my appeal today is, is seeing me as whole and, and to me as whoever you encounter on the street, in your family, in the grocery store, see that that person is me. That's the me that I'm talking about today. But please see me as whole. See me as a person with value. See me as a person with hope. See me as a person with uh, worth. See me as a child of God. See me as a person whose story and suffering matters. See me as someone worth experiencing the healing virtue of Jesus Christ, right? Seeing me whole, even if I'm broken, even if I'm messed up, even if it seems like I can't get it straight, if I can't get it right, um, because this woman, she, she couldn't, she couldn't straighten up when she wanted to. And if we be honest, many of us live lives where we want it to be straight. You don't think that you don't think in 18 years that this woman wanted to be straight. I, I really, I really believe that she did. Okay, I believe that she wanted to be straight, but it says she could not do it because the way that Satan had afflicted her body. Um, and, and there are people who, like I said, physically, they might look fine, but they are afflicted in other ways. And sometimes it's, it's not that they don't want to. Right. Sometimes that we need to come along and, and, and speak a word of life the way Jesus did. Sometimes we need to see them whole and call them a son or daughter of God and, and, and speak that word of healing and light and over them. And so we, we have a, a, a choice to make in how we view each other. And that's my prayer for us during this time is that when we come out of this, even while we're going through it, but especially when we come out is to do better at how we see each other. Okay. And if the Lord allows, I'm going to come back in a few weeks. Um, God has given me another sermon that, that kind of goes along with this. It'll be a part two. Um, we're going to call that one. I believe, uh, hear me out. Okay. We're going to come back and we're going to preach, hear me out, but let us, let us get ready to pray. Um, first we want to pray for ourselves. We want to pray that we would have the eyes of Christ that we, when we encounter people. So let us pray, dear God, we just ask you right now, uh, father, to help us when we encounter our brothers and sisters, that we would have the eyes of Christ, that we will, when we go and see them on this journey, that we will see them as fellow travelers, God, not someone to, to be avoided, someone to be discarded, um, but someone to be respected, someone to be lifted up, someone to be encouraged and cared about and loved on. Um, Father, help us to see them as you see them, as the best versions of themselves. They are whole because of the power of your work on the cross, dear Jesus. The Holy Spirit, help us to reveal our own brokenness, the places where we are curved and we and we solicit you to purify our motives and purify our hearts and minds in the name of Jesus. Amen. And if you have not confessed the Lord Jesus, you have to know that you're you're curved, you're bent over, you're bent out of shape, right? You're, you're in need of straightening out if you have not confessed the Lord Jesus, but he can handle that right now. Okay, and so I just ask that you pray with me at this time. Lord Jesus, for far too long I've kept you out of my life. And I acknowledge that I am a sinner and that I cannot save myself. No longer will I close the door when I hear you knocking. By faith, I receive your gift of salvation. I am ready to trust you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you. Lord Jesus, for coming to earth, I believe you are the son of God who died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead on the third day. Thank you for bearing my sins and giving me the gift of eternal life.
I believe your words are true. Come into my heart come into my heart now, Lord Jesus, and be my savior forever. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with us today, you are saved. Uh, don't let doubt, don't let dread, you know, creep into your mind and make you think otherwise. Don't let other people's voices in your ear uh, make you think otherwise. If you if you confess and you believe, you are saved. And so we just pray that you um, um, ask, invite the Holy Spirit into your heart as well to, to help lead you and guide you on your new journey in Christ. And if we can be of any help through this ministry, please reach out to me um, and we will be glad to, to walk with you. Okay, We need each other um, now more than ever. Um, and so um, don't, be, don't be afraid, don't be shy, don't be ashamed to reach out. Um, and we will be glad to walk with you. Um, we need you to walk with us too. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the words. And we thank you for uh, sharing this feed with other people. And I pray that you did that if you haven't uh, solicited your help with doing that by sharing this feed with someone today. Uh, and we love you. And we, and we just ask that God continue to shine upon you uh, even in this dark hour. Amen. Have a great day.